Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. One quick note on the college football playoffs. There have been 14 college football playoff semifinal games. Only three of them have been decided by one possession. That's it. In the... First year of the college football playoff, Ohio State won by seven against Alabama, 42-35. In the fourth year, in 2017, Georgia beat Oklahoma in overtime, double overtime actually, 54-48. And then in 2019, Clemson topped Ohio State, 29-23. 11 of the 14 games have been more than one possession. So, Alabama laying the points, possible. Georgia over the seven and a half, possible. Or the other way around. Maybe the underdog wins, and the underdog wins by more more than one possession. I'm just saying, that's where we are right now. Here's where we are in the NFL. Thursday Night Football kicks off week 14, Steelers and the Vikings. And then there are a bunch of games this weekend that have playoff implications. And what I want to look at right now is the odds to make the postseason for some of these teams in the NFL. If you take a look at, let's say, the Browns and the Ravens, the Browns right now are at 6-6. Six and six. To make the playoffs, they are at plus 250. To miss the playoffs, it's minus 360, whereas the Ravens, 
to make the playoffs is a yes at minus 550, and to miss the playoffs is plus 350. The schedule for the entire AFC North is very difficult down the stretch. What could be a fun bet to play is if you want to take a look at regular season win totals for the teams in the AFC North because their schedules are really hard down the stretch. The Ravens' last five games at the Browns, home against the Packers, at the Bengals, home against the Rams, home against the Steelers. That is a very difficult stretch of five games. The Bengals, their five-game stretch, home against the Niners, at the Broncos, home against the Ravens, home against the Chiefs, at the Cleveland Browns. That is a difficult stretch for the Cleveland Browns. They're home against the Ravens, home against the Raiders, at the Packers, at the Steelers, home against the Steelers, or home against the Bengals, excuse me. And then the Steelers, at the Vikings, home against the Titans, at the Chiefs, home against the Browns, at the Ravens. Your adjusted win totals right now for teams in the AFC North. The Ravens are 10 and a half. The, let's see, Ravens are 10 and a half. The Browns are eight and a half. The Bengals are nine and a half. And the Steelers are seven and a half. Baltimore's eight and four. They would have to win three out of their remaining five games to get to over 10, to hit the 10 and a half. The Bengals are seven and five. They would need to win three in order to clip that nine and five mark. Cleveland would need to win three in order to eclipse that eight and a half mark. And the Steelers would need to win two to beat that seven and a half mark. Let's look at the Bengals here for a second. Bengals have a game this weekend against the 49ers. That is not a cakewalk. Spread in that game is the Bengals as a one-point home underdog. Everyone seems to love the 49ers. And they got talent. They can play. Debo Samuel having a good year. Brandon Ayuk coming along. You know, they're, they're having a, a, a mishmash at the running back position, but Garoppolo's playing nice. The defense is okay. That's not an easy game. At the Broncos, never really an easy game, but winnable. Home against the Ravens, home against the Chiefs, and at the Browns. I don't see the Bengals winning three of those football games. Bengals win total right now. Adjusted win total based on where they're at is at nine and a half wins. Again, they would have to win three of their remaining five games. 49ers, Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, Browns. Do they win three of those games? See, I think they only win two of those games to be honest with you. I think they can beat the 49ers this Sunday, but if they don't, well, then it gets really difficult because I think they can beat the Broncos, and then you're going to have to steal a game 
You're going to have to beat the Ravens or the Browns. I don't think they can beat the Chiefs. Under nine and a half wins for the Bengals. Probably a pretty good play right now. And how about the Bengals' odds to make the postseason? If I believe that they're only going to win nine games, is nine games enough to make the playoffs? You see, the Cincinnati Bengals right now, they're pretty even. Minus 110 both ways to make or miss the playoffs. And I think that's because of the game this Sunday. If they win this game on Sunday, they'll have a chance to get that 10th win. If they lose this game on Sunday, I don't think they get the 10th win, and I don't think nine wins is going to be good enough to get in. Again, look at the AFC right now, and look at the standings. The Patriots are going to win the East. That's going to happen. The Titans, well in control of the South. And even though the Colts are two games back, the Colts lost twice to the Titans. And so the only way that the Colts have a shot at winning this division is if the Titans lose three games and the Colts win out. Titans remaining schedule, Jaguars, Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins, Texans. While sure it's possible they could lose three games, I'm going to give them a win over the Jaguars. I'm going to give them a win over the Texans. They could lose to the Steelers. They could lose to the 49ers. They could lose to the Dolphins. Then the Colts have to win out. Colts have the Patriots this week. Okay. Then they have at the Cardinals. Then the Raiders and the Jaguars. Not exactly a stretch that screams winning out. But anyway, let's get back to the standings here. Patriots are locked into the East. Titans are going to win the South. I think the Ravens win the North still. They're one game up. I don't think the Bengals are going to get to 10 wins. We're talking about the Bengals right now at nine wins. So we're assuming that they don't get there. So the tight, so the Ravens would win that division. And then I think the Chiefs or the Chargers win the West. And then the other team is one of the wild cards. Another one of those wild cards. Most likely going to be the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are 7-5. and five. They're playing the Bucs this weekend. They lose, they'll fall to 7-6. and six. Even if they lose to the Patriots, they'll, fall to set, they'll have a 7th loss. But Panthers, Falcons, and Jets, all winnable games, all up in Buffalo. At worst, this Bills team is 10-7. and seven. At 10-7, and seven, they're in. Now we have only one wild card spot left. And you're looking for a 10-win team. Can the Colts be that 10-win team? They would need three wins out of their last four games. Patriots, Cardinals, Raiders, Jaguars. That's going to be tough. Can the Raiders win four games to get to 10 wins? They have the Chiefs, Browns, Broncos, Colts, Chargers. That's going to be tough. Can the Browns win four games to get to 10 wins? 
Ravens, Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. They win against the Ravens this weekend. That goes a long way. See, the divisional games are a toss-up because the Browns can beat anybody in their division. That division just eats each other up. So I do think the Browns, if they do beat the Ravens, even if they lose to the Packers, I still think they can win four games. I don't think they do win four games. And so, to me, it's going to come down to nine and seven Bengals, nine and seven Colts to see which one of those teams gets the final wild card spot. And right now, the Bengals have a conference record of five and three. The Colts have a conference record of six and three. But the Bengals, if they lose two more games, if those two games are to the Ravens and the Chiefs, well, those are two more conference losses. And if the Colts only lose one more game, that game is not going to be a conference low. Well, it might be, let's say, if they lose to, if they lose to the Cardinals or the Patriots, not going to be a, well, one of those losses would be a conference loss. Colts would get in over the Bengals. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's a look ahead here on Beeson. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O.
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Today. Look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN holiday offer is here. Right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you'll also receive a $20 credit to the VSIN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, this is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vsin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Each and every week, I go over the profitable systems in the NFL, and we try to figure out which teams fall into those categories for this upcoming week. Last week, both systems, well, all three systems, were very profitable. Let's see if they are going to be profitable again this week. The first profitable system let's go over is the short road dogs of seven points or less. Road underdogs of a touchdown or less this season are now covering 56 to 24. So 56 covers to 24 losses against the spread. Short road dogs of seven or less points. Let's take a look at the games this week. The Steelers would qualify on Thursday night as a three-point dog at Minnesota. You have the Saints, or the Saints are favorite, excuse me, You have the Falcons qualifying as a a two-and-a-half-point underdog in Carolina. The Bills would qualify as a a three-and-a-half-point dog in Tampa. And then the Rams would qualify as a a two-and-a-half-point underdog on Monday night in Arizona. Again, short road dogs, seven points or less are 56 and 24 on the season. How about the next system? Teams that did not cover last week against teams that did cover last week. And those teams in that role, the non-cover versus the cover, 47, 24, and 1. That is the stat line. So we look at the first game, and right away, you have contradicting systems here because you have the Vikings as a team that did not cover last week going up against the Steelers, who did cover last week. Then you have the Ravens. Well, the Browns were on a bye, so that game doesn't qualify. The Jaguars play against the Titans. Titans want to buy. That game doesn't qualify. Raiders and the Chiefs. Last week, the Chiefs did cover. The Raiders did not cover. So the Raiders would be the team that did not cover against the Chiefs. The team that did cover 
and Kansas City a nine and a half point favorite in that game. You have the New Orleans Saints who did not cover against the Cowboys. They're playing against the Jets, who also did not cover last week, so doesn't matter there. Uh, both the Cowboys and Washington covered last week, so that game cancels out as well. The Falcons take on the Panthers. Panthers were on a bye, so that doesn't count there. Seahawks and the Texans. The Seahawks did cover last week in their win over the 49ers. And the Texans, they uh, did not cover against the Indianapolis Colts. So Texans plus 7.5 would be the team that did not cover against the Seahawks, the team that did cover. Then you have the Lions, who covered, got their first win, congratulations, you know, against the uh, Broncos, who did not cover. So the Broncos would be the team that did not cover against the Lions, the team that did cover. Broncos are eight and a half point favorites. The Chargers last week, they did cover against the Bengals. The Giants did not cover against the Dolphins. So the Giants, as plus 10 points, would be the team that did not cover against the Chargers, who did cover. Both the 49ers and the Bengals did not cover. We canceled that out. Uh, the Bills did not cover last week. The Buccaneers did cover last week. So it would be the Bills plus three and a half as the team that did not cover against the team that did cover. Uh, the Bears and the Packers. Packers were on a bye, so don't mind them. And then it was the Cardinals who did cover against the Bears going up against the Rams who also covered. So that game doesn't count either. So some interesting spots there. Like I said, the Bills, uh, the Giants, the Broncos, the Texans, and uh, the Vikings would qualify on Thursday night. How about the weather? And on Monday night, the weather was very, very good to us as we hit the under on just everything. Under first half. Under total for the game. Under passing yards for both quarterbacks. Great. Great with that weather. Windy unders this season improved to 37 and 18. And we're talking about double-digit wins. Uh, And so, let's see. 13-mile-per-hour wins projected between the Browns and the Ravens. Total in that game, 42-and-a-half. 17-mile-per-hour wins projected between the Chiefs and the Raiders at Arrowhead. Total in that one is 48. 12-mile-per-hour wins projected between the Jets and the Saints at the Meadowlands. Total of 43. 10-mile-per-hour uh, wins in D.C. The Cowboys in Washington. Total of 48. And then 12-mile-per-hour wins on Sunday night in Lambeau. Packers and Bears. Total in that one is 43. So there are some low totals there. That is windy unders this season are 37 and 18. Let's talk about the underdogs, though, and who maybe could pull an upset. That was a topic of conversation earlier on VSIN on My Guys in the Desert with our very own Stormy and the man himself, Brent Musburger. Vegas alongside the legendary Brent Musburger. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. As I continue to subject Brent to my games, we'll play a little fill in the blank this time around, okay? Got it. 
The biggest NFL upset of the week will be what? I was going to go with the Jets, uh, but your report indicating that Alvin Kamara may go this week causes me to uh, back away because of the Saints. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with my man Jared Goff. Detroit two wins in a row, going to mile high and upset the Denver Broncos. Of course, I'm pulling for every team in the AFC West to lose except the Raiders. So I probably that's. <laughs> I love the bias, though, but we talked about it. We said we think the Lions could get a couple more wins here to close out the season. I like that pick. Most lopsided game in the NFL for week 14 will be blank. Uh, I'm going to go with the Titans. Uh, I know some early money came down with the Jaguars, but I don't see the Jaguars as a very good football team. Uh, I don't think the management has done a good job in there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is uh, still a rookie. You can move the ball on that defense, obviously, as was proven again last week. So I'm going to say that'll be the most lopsided game. The Titans will put up a bunch of points. I thought about that one, too. I was thinking maybe Packers-Bears could get a little out of hand, potentially. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I own you. I own you. Which <laughs> you know, he, he does. does. He does. I actually wrote he it down. Does. 22 and 5 lifetime. No, no, he does. He does. Yeah, there's no question. You can't. As a former Bear fan and beat writer, you can't. Can't argue with that. Aaron right. Rodgers has played very well. What are we thinking for the highest scoring game? We've got a couple of high totals out there. What's yeah. the highest to you? I'm going to go with the Monday nighter. I think the Rams and the Cardinals will be terrific action, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that game. I'm going to go that that game will go up into the mid 50s uh, and maybe higher. Yeah, two good quarterbacks, fun quarterbacks to watch. We'll see. What about lowest scoring, opposite end? Uh, Seahawks in Texas. Texans will probably put up three points <laughs> for the game. and uh, got to pay people for points and in the that Seahawks game. in the fourth quarter, if they have a lead in that game, they'll run a clock out. So I'll pick that as the lowest point. As I'm scrolling through here, I think that is the lowest total on the board, 41. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I can see it. That was earlier on, My Guys in the Desert with Stormy and the great Brent Musburger. And, yeah, he thinks that that's going to be a low-scoring game between the Seahawks and the Texans. I can see that happening. I could also see... The Browns and Ravens game being the lowest scoring game. Last time these two teams played, it was a 16-10 final in an ugly game. And the Browns, uh, they the game before that against the Lions was 13-10. Something tells me this AFC North battle could get ugly. It's going to get physical, and I think it could be another low scoring game between these two rivalries, between these two rivals. And we might see a you know. 13 to 6 type of game, 10 to 6 type of game between those two. I actually really like the under in that game. Coming up next, football scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry will join the program. We'll get into the college bowl games and the NFL slate as well. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can follow on Twitter at Scott's on Air. Follow us all on Twitter at VSIN Live as well. Chris Landry joins me next here on the look ahead. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. We have a new prop tracker now available on VSIN.com for you to keep up with the NFL props at VSIN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vcin.com slash NFL. 
Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network, always on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. You can follow our next guest on Twitter at Landry Football. He is Chris Landry, football scout, coach, and administrator. Chris has worked on staff with both Bill Belichick and Nick Saban with the Cleveland Browns, was in the Tennessee Titans front office, was at LSU when they hired Nick Saban, won a national championship, consults with almost every football, college football program in the nation and pretty much every NFL team. And Chris joins us each and every week here on The Look Ahead. And Chris, let's start with um, some college football action. And I've talked about this in the past, and you and I have certainly done this on our shows that we've done throughout the years. But the difficulty in picking these bowl games, because I've said it before, you don't know, forget about the players that, that who's in or who's out, but also... There are coaches that you need to know how they're going to treat these games, right? Like, does a coach treat it like an extension of this season, an exclamation point on this season to get another win? Or do do they treat it like maybe an extension of the offseason to get a leg up, to get a start for next season to see what they have for spring practices? Like, Like, how difficult is it to go over these games? Well, yeah, and I think we need to start with the proliferation of coaching changes, which there's a lot of anytime there's a head coaching change, there are a multitude of assistant coaching changes. And even when there's not a head coaching change, there's sometimes um, dismissal of assistant coaches. So you have that that factors into your game planning. For example, um, you know, you can take a an Alamo Bowl with uh, December 29th, which – I know that seems like a long way away. It's not. Oregon doesn't have a head coach. We don't know if they have any assistant coaches. So um, they're playing Oklahoma. I mean, that that is a mass confusion that may get settled here in the next few days, but it's still an issue. So you start there. To your point, I think the bowl games are different than they used to be. Once we went to the playoffs, even once we went to the BCS, but particularly to the playoffs, what it's done, it's, minimalize the other bowl games that are non-playoff games. So let's start with the players. The first thing you got to know is who's playing. Mm -hmm. I mean, Matt Corral is going to play, but most guys, Kayvon Thibodeau is not going to play. I mean, you know, a lot of guys are not going to play. So you got players that are not going to play. And I think you look at most of the games that are going to be a lot of younger guys, some guys that may not be, the impactful players that they were during the year, they're sitting out and we're going to see kind of where it goes going forward. And they're going to use it more like the first game of next year. So I think it behooves you before you look at where you're going to go with some of these games, who's playing and then meaning who's not, who's going to opt out. And then who do they have that's going to play and how good are they? And what are the coaching situations? All of that needs to be vetted clearly. And then what's the motivation? You know, if are they disappointed to be there? Man, if a team was expecting a better bowl, oh man, you know, don't it is going to be a mess. If you have it, if if it's a really big bowl game for an Ole Miss in uh, a Baylor, I mean, winning eleven games that's huge. That's a big game for both. Um, is it going to be a big game for Utah as it is for Ohio State? 
I mean, I think all those things are really important to understand because motivation, which is not an issue in the regular season, becomes a big issue, a big issue in bowl games that are non-playoff games. Well, I feel that way about the Oklahoma State-Notre Dame game, and and I've gone on record saying that Notre Dame is my favorite pick of bowl season right now, and just watching those videos of Marcus Freeman addressing the team, Chris, it was obvious that the players were the major reason why he was chosen to be the head coach, and I think that he's going to treat this game like an extension of this regular season, because like he said in those videos in the locker room, this season's not over yet. They still have work to do, whereas Oklahoma State might be a little, you know, upset that they didn't win that game and possibly get into the playoffs in the Big 12 title game. And Oklahoma State just lost their outstanding defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, to Ohio State. So, yeah, that absolutely factors in. And I do think that Marcus is, you know, he got hired for the reasons that you mentioned. It's also they didn't want to lose him. And maybe the other candidate or two were still playing. And that it just the timing wasn't right. So it's an opportunity with continuity. And although they've got some of those that now nah, will remind you, they special teams coach Brian Napoleon Gull- going to LSU. Uh, but but Reese and Freeman are there. So there's a little bit of an adjustment. I think there's by both. But I do think there's a definitely a strong sense of with Marcus getting the job to to want to get his first win as a head coach, as a new head coach going into the offseason would mean a lot. And it probably does mean a little bit more there. Oklahoma State is probably a little disappointment, uh, disappointed because had they beaten Baylor, would have been interesting to see what the committee would have decided between them and Cincinnati. We know that's a moot point. Uh, in the Texas Bowl, LSU doesn't have a quarterback on the roster uh, to, to play against Kansas State. And I know that if they do play Nussmeyer, who, um, who's obviously the, mm-hmm. the Cowboy coach's uh, kid, that he loses a year of eligibility. He loses his redshirt year this year. So what's going to happen at LSU? Who's going to play quarterback for them? To be determined, now Brad Davis, the interim coach, is going to be retained as the offensive line coach for for Brian Kelly. Yeah, it's a mess there, quarterback. I, I will say this, that, um, yeah, you lose. You don't want to use lose that redshirt year, but they may not have a choice. And I don't know that's as big of a factor anymore now. With guys leaving early, I, you don't want to have to play them in this bowl game necessarily and lose that year. You, you don't. But. I do think it's something that might behoove him to play and prove himself because you'll wonder what the future is. I mean, he's there for now, as you kind of alluded to. They've basically cleaned out the roster at quarterback and Brian Kelly starting anew. Uh, what does he think about Nussmeyer? He's going to look at the tape, but maybe him performing well, even though he loses the year, this is a way for him to get at least a jump start on the starting job next year, mm-hmm. at least going into the spring. Now, with transfer portal and things yet to be determined, we don't know how that's going to play out. So it's a great point uh, that you bring up. It is a, it is something. I, I don't know, though, if I'm building a team, if I'm Brian, that I th- that I worry about losing that. I mean, I don't know if I have an option. I'm not so sure that I play them and see what I've got and go forward with it. This is a, a seek-out mission. Brian Kelly doesn't have – the he's not the head coach, but trust me, he's going to have an impact on who's going to start here because the guy that is going to be the interim head coach of the ball game is going to be his offensive line coach. So who's going to play? Who's going to be involved? Brian's going to have a lot to say about it. 
one game that jumped out to me, Chris, the uh, New Orleans Bowl, Louisiana against Marshall. Now, Billy Napier coached the championship game, and they sent him off with a victory over App State. So they win the Sun Belt. First time they've done that in the three tries against App State. Uh, Marshall is an underdog here. I kind of like Marshall in this game just because of, you know, the transition here with Louisiana. But that being said, with the game being in New Orleans, you got to imagine Louisiana plays with a little hometown pride, right? Well, yeah, and here's the thing about it. They're looking at some options for, you know, the, where they're going to go with the head coach. But, you know, the guy that's going to be in the interim role would, would love to have that job. And, and certainly – would not rule him out. And if the team responds and they practice well and, and they play well, who knows? So there's some motivation there. While there's some disruption, there's high motivation there. There'll be good motiv- high motivation for both. But, yeah, this will be an interesting game. ULL's a little bit better overall. Uh, but I agree with you. Some of the distractions may level the playing field out a bit. Uh, what are you hearing about Malik Willis? Will he play in the bowl game for Liberty or no? I think he's going to play, but there's nothing definite with that. Um, I'm sure that folks are going to get uh, the the reps, the agent reps are going to probably try to convince him to uh, maybe sit this one out. Um, we'll see. Um, to be determined, because sometimes they have intentions of playing and then they're talked out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to have to stay tuned on that. Well, still a ways away from the college football playoffs, so we'll hold off on breaking down those games until we get a little bit closer, Chris. But uh, do me a favor, hang on, and we'll talk a little NFL on the other side, okay? You bet. He's Chris Landry. You follow him on Twitter at Landry Football. You can follow me at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S. O-N-A-I-R. That is a wrap on the college football discussion for now. We're going to get into the NFL coming up next. And, you know, he's he's very right. You know, the whole Malik Willis thing uh, is going to bear watching because once these player reps and whatnot get involved, it's certainly going to be dicey. Let's talk NFL coming up next right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN Bowl Betting Guide is almost here with everything you need to bet smarter on every bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on all 41 bowl games, plus the college football playoffs, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. The guide is designed to give you an edge whether you are betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high-value props. The guide drops December 13th. Make sure to get your copy today for only $19.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Rejoined now by football scout, coach, and administrator. He is Chris Landry. The website is LandryFootball.com. Chris, let's get into the NFL. And uh, I'll just ask the question exactly how good are the Patriots? They're their most consistent team, Scott. I, I was thinking about this, and it's just. Um, doing a show and in and, and, and my, my thoughts were this, do I look at this new England team as a Super Bowl team? And the answer is no. But then I look around the AFC and I say, who is, I think Kansas city's better when they're completely healthy and playing their best. New England's just really consistent and could be in great position to maybe host home field advantage, or at least, um, you know, certainly hit, get get a game, uh, if not two, um, you know, in, in, in the playoffs. So, I, I look, I think they're there. I think they're right in the mix. There's no elite team in the AFC. I still think Kansas City's better. But, you know, if they're not completely out, I mean, like Kansas City I thought was better last year at this time. But by the end of the year, when their offensive line got decimated, they weren't as good as Tampa. So, in the Super Bowl. But, but they got into the Super Bowl – so I think we're going to have to play it out. But, yeah, I, I trust New England more than I trust anybody other than Kansas City. Uh, I kind of like those two teams the best. I mean, I, they, I don't trust the Tennessee. I don't trust Baltimore. Um, I don't really trust anybody, Buffalo or the Chargers. I don't trust a, a, enough teams in the AFC as a Super Bowl team. So I would put New England as certainly in prime position particularly particularly if they get home field. Yeah. 
You know, you go over to the NFC, and the Cardinals have the best record in the league, but yet it seems like no one is giving them any respect, Chris. If you look at the odds, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Green Bay Packers, they're all favored ahead of the team with the best record in the Arizona Cardinals. Why is it, do you think, that the Cardinals get no love here, and do they deserve it? I I think they're really good, and I think they're deserving to be put in right with Tampa in Green Bay. I think the reason is you just alluded to it. There's Tom Brady, and there's an expectation. Oh, well, they're going to play their best, and Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and, you know, the Bucks played their best in the playoffs last year. They're going to do the same this year. So it's maybe more not what the Cardinals can or can't do, but the belief greater in Tampa in what Brady can do. And then you always have Aaron Rodgers and what he potentially could always bring with Green Bay. And if their defense stays healthy, they might make a stronger run on that side of the ball. And that's been the thing that's held them back. So I think to me, you throw those three teams and those three teams are Super Bowl caliber. And I just think it's going to be about health. I would favor, you know, all things equal, Brady and Rodgers in the quarterback position under pressure moments in the playoffs. I would, but that's not a slide on Colin Murray. It's not a slide on this Cardinal team. I think they're right in the mix, and who knows? It may go through the desert, and, you know, if the home field advantage goes there, it it might be real interesting, but it's going to be interesting to see how the health plays out the rest of the way. If there is a dark horse team uh, that's not among the favorites right now, who would it be? Is it somebody like the Rams? Is it somebody like the Chargers? Are the Colts a dangerous team in the postseason? Uh, Who is the long shot team that has a chance to make some noise? Well, I think the Chargers and the Colts are teams that when they play, when they're on, they could could really surprise – you know, I, I I I think that might be the surprise team in the AFC. In the NFC, less so. I, I don't, you know, trust the Rams, but they certainly could be. I will say this, that I don't think they're going to be healthy enough to pull it off. But look out for the Niners if they get in. I think they're just a tough team. Uh, they might surprise. I don't think they're good enough to go all the way, but they're good enough to cause some eyebrow-raising come playoff time. Just saying. Let's take a look at the games coming up here for this week, and we start with Thursday night football. The the Vikings coming off that loss to the Lions, and the Steelers coming off an impressive victory in their own right. Uh, you know, how does this game play out to you, and can the Steelers pull off another upset and keep their playoff hopes alive? Well, they can. I mean, that now that's a team that just you worry a little bit about because it just it's like they're limping in and just trying to get through. And I, you know, the Vikings defense it's it's wearing down a little bit. They they allowed a lot of points to the Lions. Um, now they're missing some linebackers. They've lost uh, seven games this year by a combined twenty eight points. And it looked like the the Steelers were you know kind of down for the count a couple of weeks ago and then they upset the Ravens last week there, you know, it's just, they're good in one possession games. I think it's a close game, uh, but I kind of like Minnesota. I, I just think they're a little bit better, but boy, trusting either one of these two teams, <laughs> do it at your own peril here. I mean, neither one of these teams are trustworthy. Uh, what about the Ravens and the Browns? Cleveland, the small favorite at home. 
Yeah, you know, they just played on that a uh, couple of weeks ago, and Baltimore won that game. Um, look, Baltimore's, you know, won that game two weeks ago, despite those four interceptions. It was just, you know, it was Cleveland's last game as, as uh, it came off a bye. Now, what you've got, um, you know, when I look at it, I think Cleveland in a close one wins this. I am curious about the health of the quarterback play here. I think that is pivotal because I think both of these teams run the football well. Um, but I do think there's some ability to make some plays in the passing game. Kind of like Cleveland to pull this off here. Although, you man, you would have thought they would have won last time these two team plays because the formula was there. But something tells me they get a close one here. But I'm not real proud of it. You know, Washington, Chris, is not out of the NFC East. In fact, they're in control of this division. If they win out, they're going to win this division, but it has to start with a victory over the Cowboys here on Sunday. Can they pull that off? Well, four straight wins, four straight covers. They're playing well, to your point. Um, Dallas has got an extra rest. They've got a mini-buy with that win over New Orleans last Thursday. Uh, McCarthy's going to be back. Um you know, I, I do think that um, it's a close game. You look at the margin. I think Washington does play it close. I like Dallas and maybe a three-point game here. Um, I like the way this, this Washington defense is playing, though. But this Dallas team has got a little bit more going for it. Uh, I, again, I worry about their consistency. I think Washington's playing their best ball. I think Dallas wins in a close one, a three-point type game. For the second straight week, we have an incredible Monday night game. It's going to be the Rams and the Cardinals. Can the Rams avenge the loss from earlier in the season? They can, but I don't think they will. I'm a believer in this Arizona team. I think they're good. Uh, They got Kyler Murray back last week in the win over Chicago. Um, Look, there's eight games now with 30 or more points. Um, I just think this team's really good. You kind of alluded to it. Maybe people are sleeping on them a little bit. People are expecting the Rams. Hey, they made all those moves. It's big game moves. It's about, you know, hey, getting it done and it are all in. Just think this Rams team is not as good as people think they are, and people keep hoping that they're going to make a run. I'm not seeing it. Like this Cardinal team a little bit more. I think it's a close one, though. I think it's, a again, another three-point game. Help me settle this bet that I did with Sean King last night. Uh, over under two and a half wins for the Rams the rest of the season. I said over, he said under. It's Cardinals, Seahawks, Vikings, Ravens, 49ers. Wow. Um, I'm going to say under. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to say under, yeah. Which says a lot. Which says a lot about a team that was at one point the Super Bowl favorite or one of the Super Bowl favorites in the NFC. Uh, Chris, I appreciate the time and the insight as always. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll talk again next week. Hey, thank you, Scott. I appreciate you. He is Chris Landry. Follow on Twitter at Landry Football and check out the website LandryFootball.com as well. It's just a nonstop shop for everything you need for both college football and the NFL. It's yeah. He agrees with Sean King. Under two and a half wins for the Rams. I said over. Again, it's Cardinals, Seahawks, Vikings, Ravens, 49ers. I think the Rams could win on Monday night against the Cardinals. And then that would obviously help them get to that three-win mark over this next uh, five-game stretch. But if they only win two games, we're talking about a 10-7 and football team. Still going to be a wild-card team, though, in the NFC. 
I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. For you place, for you place, for you place. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to, like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.